Timeless Voyager Radio. Self-development radio for the open mind. Interviews with leading edge authors and speakers. And now, Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager Radio. A lot of you are interested in the Hale-Bopp Comet. A lot of you are interested in ETs and the uh, pickups and mass landings and all those things. So today we're going to address a lot of these issues with, I believe, one of the most important authors and speakers in the UFO slash ET slash spiritual realm. My guest, Alex Collier, has had an ongoing extraterrestrial contact for many, many years. Let me introduce you to Alex Collier. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you, Bruce. It's great to be here. How have you been? Um, I've been tired, actually. Uh, we have a new addition to the family, and um, he's on a different clock than us. <laughs> I know that one real well. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's have children uh, knows exactly what we're talking about. If you don't have children, uh, let me suggest that you not have them. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, they're great. I, I love my kids. Okay, so let's, um, let's start with the Hale-Bopp Comet. I just happen to have in front of me uh, a copy of the Center of Attention, which I think you've probably heard of. Yes, I have. All right. And uh, for those of you who don't know what Center of Attention is, uh, Jason Dunlap out of uh, San Francisco area puts out a very interesting newsletter on a regular basis, almost, I guess, every two weeks. I get the uh, Internet version, and uh, Center of Attention is one of the newsletters I, I get. Here's what the headline says. Planet Nibiru to orbit near Earth, and so on and so forth. And there's a little bit of information about the Hale-Bopp Comet. Uh, that it's not a comet. And we are going to talk about that for a little while today because uh, my guest, Alex Collier, not only uh, knows about this stuff, but has some very interesting privy information that comes from his extraterrestrial contacts. So uh, before we talk about Hale-Bopp, maybe we should just talk, maybe quickly, tell our audience a little bit about your past and why uh, I have you on my show. Not only because I like you, but your information is pretty, <laughs> pretty darn good there, Alex. Oh, God. Thanks, Bruce. Um, about me. Boy, you asked the toughest question first. Um, I'm just, you know, just a, a regular, complicated, simple guy and uh, started having these experiences when I was eight years old in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, at my grandparents' uh, cabin, or I guess I should say a step-grandparents' cabin. And they've been ongoing for now over 31 years. Um, it's not consistent. There's absolutely no pattern. There's been stretches where there's been years of absolutely no contact, not a word, not a peep, just wondering. And um, But they've come back because apparently there's a lot of things going on, and um, a lot of it deals directly with what we call third density, uh, or the third dimension, and uh, also consciousness. Uh, there's just a an awakening, and I know art. <clears throat> I know other radio personalities like now you can you can say you can say. Art. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Art Bell uses the expression the quickening. Everybody and, always used to say to me, Bruce, do you listen to Art Bell? You know, and I, of course, Art's, uh, Art's a good man. He's a good friend. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, that's that's the expression he uses, and it and it's it's, it's very apropos to what's going on and um everybody's beginning to feel the 
feel crisis, uh, feel like change is imminent, and it is. Um, and the reason the Andromedans have come back, come back, and I use that, and I'll explain that, um, is because... Yeah, we better explain this because <clears throat> up until a few right. minutes ago, well, we weren't talking before. about the Andromedans. <laughs> well, that's not exactly true. Um, they've been well, I mean, on the show, on the oh, show, we haven't... Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't done any other radio but your show. I know, but I meant... Uh, incidentally, I, I appreciate that, and our listeners should know this. I'm, I, I feel very, very gratified that you're the only, uh, or I'm the only one that you'll even consider doing. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I understand why, but... Well, okay, you don't so need you, to. Right. <laughs> um, let's see. First of all, you have this ongoing contact with some uh, uh, people. These are people. They're human beings. Human beings. Uh, people need to, our listeners need to understand that the human being seems to be one of the uh, choice bodies. Apparently it is. And There's this... A lot uh, of us. Right, and this group is from the Andromedans, the Andromedes. Andromedan constellation. They come right. from a, a uh, solar system called Zenate, and uh, there is a council that meets there, that particular sector. There, there are several councils. You know, there's not just one grand one. There's several, um, and they're human beings, and they were here <clears throat> 62,000 years ago. And between 62 and 65,000 years ago. Right. What's <laughs> 3,000 years? So, <laughs> and um, some of them were left here. Uh, I don't have all the details. Apparently there, were, there was a skirmish with another uh, colony that was here. And uh, they left, and some of, the, some of their race were left here, and um, have incarnated, been caught up in the Earth's reincarnational cycle. And they're still here. And uh, this has happened with a lot of other races. Anyway, uh, they would like us very much, they would very much like to see us evolve because we are so unique in that because of our genetics, because of our soul essence, because of where we apparently came from, and this is all their perspective. I, I have no way of proving a lot of this, Bruce. Uh, you know, not till I leave the physical body, then it's probably a different story, but uh, I'm not willing, that willing to, to check it out yet. Um, we don't need to prove anything. This is Timeless Voyager Radio. We are beyond proof. <laughs> well, but, I, you know, <laughs> it's important to just lay that out there. Okay, now um, you have... Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, that's... that's well, you have two, uh, two Andromedans that you frequently uh, speak with, or at least uh, communicate with, and I wonder if we could get their names together so people know who we're talking about. Okay, uh, Mornay and Viseas. Mornay is very tall. He's uh, approximately seven almost seven, I think seven, six, seven, eight. He's in that range. Uh, he's huge. He's over 400 pounds. Um, he's light blue skinned. And he just signed they a hundred million no dollar contact with, uh, contract with one of the big basketball uh, groups, right? No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think the Cowboys could use him as a center. All right. Um, and, uh, and then there's Viseas, who is very much the opposite, is elderly, um, uh, in Earth years, Moraneus told me he's over 4,000 years old in Earth years, um, and uh, he's, he's paled uh, his skin. As they get older, it gets whiter, and uh, he is considered a sage, uh, would be the word that I would use here, um, in his system. And uh, they have basically been telling me a lot about our history and that we as, we as a race have never had a chance to truly evolve on our own. We have been manipulated from the get-go. And uh, they feel that we have something very unique 
to bring to the galactic family, but that it's being suppressed by other races in, in the solar system. I mean, not the solar system, but uh, in, our, in our galaxy. And uh, there are several groups that have a very different philosophy. And um, what it is, Bruce, basically is, is and I'm just going to lay this out there, uh, they say that because we have the primate gene uh, and the human gene, which was, we were gene- our physical forms were genetically created, um, that we, our bodies are able to hold an extreme of emotion that apparently most other races have forgotten. Now, when we and, say races, we're talking about extraterrestrial races. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, some human, some not human. Uh, apparently, they saw passion as being a real problem in their past. Uh, our, the past of our galaxy is littered with devastating wars, apparently, between races and between belief systems, concepts, perceptions. And uh, they saw that this passion as being their weakness. So many of the races, and then apparently the greys are involved in this, as were, were part of this mindset, that they started to think out their emotions and become very logical, become like Spock's. Okay, but Spock's in the extreme. And what's happened is that many of the races are now finding themselves beginning to have um, genetic problems, uh, genetic degradation, um, and they also find that they have become almost totally dependent on technology. And here we are, you know, on this way on the outskirts of our galaxy, this little race on this planet that has been messed with for so long and genetically altered and manipulated by as many as 22 different races, they say, that we have this incredible emotion. And they see us as actually being able to help not only them um, on a genetic level, on a physical level, um, but also on an emotional level that we could reteach them passion so that they won't become totally dependent on technology, where we don't have to be. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm still a, a little fuzzy on how you literally create matter from nothing, but they say that all of us collectively on the planet are doing it, and they want us to try to step out of what it is that we're doing here in third density and see it for what it really is. And uh, this is basically what their message has been. Let's talk about Hale-Bopp. Now, uh, there is so much controversy at this point. Uh, it's starting to become silly, and of course there are so many spins about this thing. Let's, uh, let's start, first of all, with what the facts are. Okay, the facts... <laughs> I think I'll start with what, what I think the facts are anyway. <laughs> according, according to what I think I know, or what I've heard, and what I've gleaned, uh, this is what we know. Hale-Bopp is, quote-unquote, a comet, or at least that's what we're told. And number two, it has done something that no other comet that we know of has ever done, and that is that it has changed its position many, uh, many times now. And uh, so we, we assume that it's a very specialized comet if it can do that. Other than that, I think that's where the speculation starts. Can you add anything to the Hale-Bopp now? Well, um, yeah, basically, I, I don't think you can really believe the press. Uh, you know, they have a lot invested in and keeping us ignorant, and um, this is, of course, absolutely no exception. Um, it is, it, I've been told it's not a comet, uh, that it came out of Orion originally, and that um, at last count, Morinay had told me that it had literally made 43 course corrections all the way back from its original um, departure place. 
I'm also told it's hollow, that it is, in fact, a craft, a protocol craft is what they called it, um, and that uh, there are things in its tail, uh, moons, in its tails that uh, are in its tail that are not moons as well. And uh, basically, um, life's going to change. <clears throat> it's time, and once this sucker gets past us, uh, uh, things are going to happen, and um, the government should be telling us any time now that they're here. All right, so some of the uh, spin that I've been uh, reading about, for example, is that um, uh, the planet Nibiru <laughs> is traveling behind Hale-Bopp. Uh, we've heard that... Um, the uh, uh, that there's actually some uh, telescopic pictures that have been taken of this. Well, they're taking pictures of an object, yeah. um, which apparently is four to five times larger than the Earth. But I, I will tell you my own personal belief, uh, Bruce, and, and that is that I don't believe it's Nibiru. Um, Morinay would have told me um, this is something else, and um, I have not gotten confirmation on what it is. But the minute I do, I will let you know. Um, but it is definitely extraterrestrial. And um, I get very much that the fact that it's between us and Hale Bob is a very good sign, personally. All right. Uh, the actual time uh, that it crosses through now, um, a lot of people suggest it's going to be coming through between Earth and Mars. Uh, yes. That's going to make quite a disturbance in our uh, planetary system, I would presume. Well, it very well could, and maybe that's why this other craft is in between, is because the gravitational pull of Hale-Bob would be such that it could possibly cause a pole shift. And um, I don't believe that, that that would be in our best interest and would necessarily help us evolve. You know, I think we need just a little bit more time um, before something drastic like that happens. It, you know, even if it wasn't that, it, maybe it could cause the South Pole ice cap to slip. I mean, it's it's in very bad shape already. Hmm. So, um, but again, I have no confirmation of this. This is just what I do know, and and piecing the and putting the little pieces together. So, if you want to call it speculation, that's what it is. Uh, but life is definitely going to radically change. Um, now, that should happen sometime in the spring, according to uh, most of the guesses or guesstimates. Yeah, that's right. Now, we do know, for example, that most objects in space, or at least the comets and meteors, uh, traveled about maybe upwards of 40,000 miles an hour. They say, or that they have uh, somehow calculated, that Hale-Bopp seems to be moving at about 200,000 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that in itself makes it a little bit different from what we're used to. Oh, <laughs> plus its size, <laughs> right. plus its emissions, plus it split itself in half and was rotating. The two halves were rotating on an invisible pole, and then put themselves back together again. You know, um, this one's different, and uh, it's basically, I guess, going to be a wake-up call. Uh, and you know, Bruce, it's just time for a lot of folks to just. Um, they're just going to open up their perceptions and realize that there's a lot more, you know, to life than just paying taxes, working a job, going to the movies, and watching videos. You know, there's a lot more to it. And um, Wait a minute. Are you sure about this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a guesstimate. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, you uh, basically feel that some of the stories that we've heard about Hale-Bopp and all this information, I mean, and basically you have corrected us on some of it. Um, what what is 
um, what is the information that you're getting about, let's say, the spiritual consequences of hale -Bopp? It's going to be more of a psychological, I, I guess you would say, which, which would directly affect the spiritual. There are a lot of people who really have very little belief and faith in themselves, and they have surrounded themselves with incredibly restrictive belief systems. And these belief systems basically have kept them living in a little box. And that box is about to be blown away. And most of the people in these boxes are those who are really strict, fundamental, religious, religious thinking people. It's not that they're bad people, but they, are, they, they exclude other realities because they don't fit their perception of the way things are supposed to be. And, um, whoops, trouble's coming to those people who have that belief system. There are others who are totally open and will, will just make leaps. Um, the scientific community, however, is going to be the most shattered um, because there has been so much information, so much technology that has been withheld from us that uh, when it finally does come out, um, they're going to be on the hook. They're very much going to be on the hook for having not allowed us to evolve at a faster pace. In other words, controlling our development. Um, they've done a very, very poor job. And, you know, for example, free energy is one of my really deep pet peeves. We've had that technology forever. Tesla was able to develop free technology in Colorado Springs, and that's all been withheld from us. And, uh, you know, we've trashed the planet because we didn't go to this type of energy. And, um, you know, those, those, kind of so, those kind of social structures, political structures, are, are in big, big trouble. They're just not going to be able to keep it together, and especially they're not going to be able to maintain their credibility. Well, I agree with you, and, and it'll be interesting to see what type of changes we have, but I think you're, you're right on as far as uh, what's going to happen. I, I, it's always hard to tell. You know, we, we kind of sit back and, and start making uh, guesses about what the effects will be, but we certainly know that, that some of the facts here are absolute, and uh, as far as trashing the planet is concerned, you are right. We have done that, and, and uh, we are all responsible for that, and uh, I guess there's a time for a major change here. It's interesting when you follow some of the EPA problems because it's always nice. Everyone sits back and says, yes, let's clean up the planet, but if you're going to lose your job... <laughs> yeah, or lose your rights. Right, then, uh, right, you know, then that's when everybody starts to argue about you know, land rights. and, and the, uh, uh, it's really, I don't think we really have any land rights, but I think that's what everybody's fighting about. All right. Um, oh, go ahead. Sounds like thinking, I have a little bit more. You know, the Native Americans say the earth always belongs to the earth, and she'll take it whenever she wants it. You know. Well, who knows? We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, really. Right. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, rumors of pickups and mass landings. What uh, what uh, is going to happen here, or at least what do you hear? Um, well, you know, there's a lot of of interesting information out there. Um, I don't know it all, um, but I hear bits and pieces from from friends, and uh, you know, there are a lot of perspectives that directly contradict other perspectives. Um, but I, you know, I, I, will, I will share something with you, and, and that is this. Um, 
you know, as far as the photon belt, uh, the Andromedans have never mentioned it. They have never once said that our full consciousness would come all of a sudden and we would be just be given this. Um, it's, it's never happened uh, that they've said that. They've always said that people will have to, to reach deep down within themselves and rediscover who they are. Um, because only if you evolve yourself do you, ever, do you permanently evolve. It's not just given to you. And, you know, Bruce, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, I know there are a lot of folks that want to just hand it to them. They want to take the easy way. They don't want to be here for the earth changes. They want to be beamed up or raptured. Folks, it isn't going to happen. If you're going to be raptured, you're being abducted. End of story, period. So you better really think twice about where it is you want to do and what it is you want to create because your thoughts are creating this reality very possibly. But there is not going to be any rescue because they don't know what to do with us because we are so aggressive, so warlike, and they do not want to babysit. It's really that simple. And um, I know that there's, there's information out there that says that there's going to be 20 million ships in the sky by December 17th or around there. Folks, it isn't going to happen. Okay? It isn't going to happen. And, uh, you know, the pro photon belt is not going to give you full consciousness on December 31st. It just isn't going to be that easy. Is that a break? Well, yeah, we're gonna we're having our. <laughs> you've been on so many times, you know the the. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the clue uh. it's the clue music is telling us that we're gonna get close for a break. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think you and I have talked about this before, and I think it's it's uh, it's something a lot of people like to wish for. Uh, it's kind of like um, it's nice, you know, to believe in Santa Claus and all that. Very important, and it's good. It's right. good. There's, there is a Santa Claus, and so on and so forth. But I think what you're saying is that, uh, and, and I, I believe this too, if you're waiting for someone to come and rescue take you, you up <laughs> and save you... you you've right. learned absolutely nothing right. in all your lifetimes here. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing we hear all the time, and uh, you have uh, definitely set yourself on the outside of that group in the uh, ET community that pretty much uh, talks about the uh, landings and the pickups. So... Uh, that's one difference <laughs> and I, I agree with you you know I'm not I'm really a, a little bit hesitant about going up there with uh, got a bunch of guys that tell me they've got the answer well, we have to be right once you're up there what are you giving away I'll tell you what you're giving away <laughs> where, where you've been <laughs> I'm not sure I understand that one I promised we would uh, continue with the pickups and mass landings and then talk about the ET races um, real quickly, just to uh, review, Alex, you say that they are not coming to pick us up, or if they do, they're not the ones we definitely want to go with. That's exactly right. You know, there are, you know, the benevolent races, I have learned, will not take your power. No matter how much you give it to them, they will not, because they don't want it. They want you to be an equal. They want to be able to respect you as an equal, and that means that you have to stand in your own power. And there are a lot of folks that want to give their power away, that want to relinquish their free will because of, you know, certain safeties they think they'll have. And all you have to do is, you know, is read our past history, you know, read Zachariah Sitchin's work, um, William Bramley's work, and you will see that when we've worshipped these beings in the past and we've given our power away, we have been screwed um, as a race.
um, it's all there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm determined not to let that happen again. Um, and that's basically what their message is, is that, you know, um, they need us, we don't need them. Um, it's really that simple, and we are in a very unique position, but there, there's not a lot of leadership. And, you know, the, the Andromedans have always talked about the law of consistency about their race. And, um, Bruce, they, every single person in their race is a leader. They, they will accept leadership in a moment's notice. Um, they look to be leaders. They look to teach. They look to evolve their entire race, the oldest and wisest, teach the youngest what they know so that the children are always smarter than their parents. And there's not a problem with this because everybody realizes it's for the betterment of the race. We don't do those kind of things here. Um, we are like self-destructing everywhere, and, and yet we are these incredibly unique beings. And, um, you know, I would urge everybody to, to, to truly become sovereign, to become self-sufficient, to just decide that you're going to be a leader and not be afraid to take responsibility because when our social systems collapse, um, folks, it's going to be up to us. And, you know, let's face it, we are the government. It works for us. And, um, you know, we just need to take some more responsibility here for what's going on. All right, responsibility is the key word. Uh, and I have to be responsible to my uh, listeners, so <laughs> let's, ta let's take some calls. And uh, you're on the air with Alex Collier. I believe we have Ken. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hi, Ken. Thank you for calling. Yes. Hi, Bruce. Great show. Thanks. Um, Alex, I was uh, reading up a little bit on you last night. On, I was reading a uh, leading-edge uh, uh, interview, uh, leading-edge journal interview uh, on the leading-edge uh, website with Val Valerian. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I think it was Val Valerian. I'm not really yeah, sure. That's yeah, it is. It is. You got it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, because I've also been reading some interviews with June Volum Melchizedek. Um, what I wanted to ask you is, is why well, I have several questions, and uh, one of which is, have the Andromedans mentioned anything about Flower of Life or um, Merkaba, um, pranic breathing or anything like that? As a matter of fact, can they have? And um, I, I took... I have a, a good friend, Mike, who's out here in uh, Colorado, who, who approached me with with um, Dronvalo's information, and I've taken it and asked um, Morinay uh, about it. And his response was that it was a, it was a very useful tool, but he felt that the only change that, in their perspective, would help speed the process, was if you were to take the Merkaba instead of building it around your physical body. Their suggestion was to build it above your head where the eighth chakra is, where literally your intent, which becomes a holograph, is what creates your third density reality, that if you created it there, it would literally change you from the inside out. The Andromedan perspective was that trying to build it outside your physical body puts more intention and more focus on the physical. Right, right. That would be an external Merkaba, um, which has been mentioned in... Um Various uh, teachings from Druvalo. There's uh, Bob Frizzell's book. Uh, nothing in this book is real. Um, that uh, the internal Merkaba would be from a perspective of love, and uh, the external Merkaba would be kind of like uh, what the Greys are about. You know, no love, absence completely. Well, I don't know about the internal. That information wasn't given to uh -huh. me. Just the external. Uh huh. So I, you, I didn't ask. What about are your that? feelings about these uh, latest uh, appearances of these beings who've been coming out of this volcano in Mexico? 
the uh, shiny luminescent beans that uh, have been seen uh, all over by uh, uh, media and such, and obviously very much suppressed here in the United States, nothing coming out. Uh huh. Have you heard anything about this? Yes, sir, I have. Yeah, and uh, they've been here forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they've been here forever. They're living inside our Earth. Yes, sir, they are. Uh, approximately 612 miles, there are huge underground cities. So then the, would the theory of the hollow Earth be true then? Yes, sir, it is true. It is true. It is true. It's no longer a theory. It's been exposed. And, it's and been exposed. It's a fact. <laughs> um, uh, I Ken, Ken, I know you've got a world of questions, but I've got to let some of the other listeners in, so I hope you'll appreciate <laughs> the, the fact that you got through, but we've got to let you go. Okay, then. Thank thanks you, for, Okay, bye now. Thanks for listening. Uh, Rick, you're on the line with uh, Alex Collier, my guest. Hey, yeah, I was wondering where you get the scientific evidence for some of these things. Actually, we started with the fact that there is no scientific evidence for this. So it's just just fantasy, Uh, No, no, no. We didn't say it's fantasy. We just Uh, said that there's no scientific evidence. Go ahead, uh, Alex, and Rick, enjoy yourself. Well, um, uh, you know, I hear where you're coming from. Um, All I I do is present the information they've given me. And uh, some of it apparently has been validated, and it's beginning to be validated. You know, and there are other people... Prior to me, other researchers who have exposed certain things that, of course, was poo-pooed and 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 uh, not given any credibility, but years down the road have been given credibility, and that has turned out to be fact. Um, so, you know, the only suggestion I have for you, sir, is you know the mind is like a parachute; it only works when it's open. Keep an open mind, and if it's if it's all BS, then the truth will come out, and if it's all true, the truth will still come out. Because in the you know because in the end the truth is the only thing left standing, and um, you know I have my truth. I definitely know these beings. Um, I love them. They're my brothers, my friends, and uh, but that's my reality. I don't you, expect you know it them to in be your yours. mind. Or? I'm sorry. You know them in your mind. No, sir. What do you mean you know them? I know them. I've I've lived with them for 31 years. Hmm. They've been a part of my life. All right. Well, listen, uh, Rick, I want to thank you very much for your call. Uh, if you have another question, that would be great. But otherwise, I want to get some other listeners on. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Hey, thank you for calling in, and I th- I'm glad that you enjoyed the show, or at least I hope you do. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the ET races while we've uh, ta- uh, hit them a few times. Now, the ones living inside the Earth, uh, do they have a, a name or a category? Um, I've only been given a symbol, and I, I couldn't draw it to you over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they um, have a symbol, okay. Yeah, but they're, they're remnants of other colonies that were here, and um, some of them have been here for a very long time. Um, they have incredible technology, and I, I, I don't exactly know why, Bruce, they've stayed you know, well, maybe um, they like it here. You know, maybe it's a nice well, place. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish more people here thought that way. I tell people when on they the talk, surface, you know, I mean, well, uh, <laughs> I don't know because you know, when when people talk about the possibility of a hollow earth and and why would people live inside it, I always say the same thing: if you build a house, where do you live? Outside it or inside it? Exactly. So, <laughs> I'll leave them with that one. Uh, so that's the one of the races that we know about. Why don't we talk about the ones that have names and the ones that you uh, would like to tell us about the, uh, this morning? Um, well, the Andromedans I've touched on already. Uh, the Pleiadians, of course, are very popular in UFO circles. And uh, the Peas have a very rich history with our planet and with our solar system and other planetary systems. Um, but they have, you know, bottom line, and, and I'm just going to put this out there, 
They have not been totally honest with, um, you know, their past with us. Um, there have been some abuses as well against our race. And, uh, you know, there are some Pleiadians, you know, they're not all benevolent. There are still some who have radical belief systems and, and do not want to see us evolve um, because we're considered beasts to them. Um, and, but, you know, personally, that's their problem. Um, then there's the Syrians, the, the Cirrus A, there are Cirrus B, and I understand that sometime in the next hundred years when we move through fifth, into fifth density, we'll be there, we will have contact with groups from Cirrus C, which apparently it's, it's being colonized as we speak. Um, but the Cirrus Bs, they're very strongly connected to the Nibiru and uh, to Orion. And um, they are responsible for a majority of our religions and for setting up caste systems, um, which, of course, have hampered um, our evolvement. Um, then there's Orion. Um, there are some good Orions, but apparently they are very few um, on the higher dimensions. But those that interact with us on Earth, um, they're not so good. Um, they're, they have a very strong belief system that... Um, because they are technologically superior, they have the right to own anything they want and to use it as a natural resource. And um, that's happened to us. Um, that's happened to our planet and uh, our energy, our, our soul essence. A lot of it is being used as a natural resource. So there's very little respect um, from that particular race. It sounds a lot like the Alpha Draconans. Well, yes, it's exactly the same belief system. Except that the Alpha Draconans... Uh, are a much older race. <laughs> and certainly, definitely the warriors of the, uh, they're considered, the universe. They're considered um, the warriors. And um, they, they apparently are, if the oldest uh, race in our galaxy. And uh, they've explored, um, and everywhere they've gone, they've popped their little flag and said, you know, this is ours. And uh, they've caused a lot of wars and a lot of bloodshed, and they, from what I've been told, still do not like human beings. Um, and basically what happens is, uh, Bruce, is when they go in and they conquer a race or a solar system, what they'll do is they'll genetically implant them with their genetics. And what it does is, let's say you have a pure human being. What they'll do is they'll take the women, they will... Um, uh, implant them with different DNA and genetics, literally change the, their genetics so that their offspring have now more have more reptilian genetics in them. And what that does is it literally changes their frequency and their physiology. And it's easier to create a different mindset uh, when you have genetics, um, those type of genetics. And that's basically how it's done. Um, you know, there's, they, they don't use brainwashing. They don't use any of those technologies because they don't work. They're very short-term. But if you genetically alter the race, it is never the same from the first to second generation on. Welcome to the show, Paul. You're on the line with Alex Collier. Hello. Hi, good morning. Alex, um, I have a question for you. Yes, who are you? My name is Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi. Um, I heard you before talking about um, the scientific evidence, and the gentleman had asked you about that, and you said you're kind of like, a, I guess, a voyeur for bringing that information forward. What, um, 
And you also said that you had some experiences with these with these folks for like 31 years. Yes, sir. Off and on. Off and on. Um, when you when you talk about this, I think what people really need to hear is not about uh, feelings and emotions about this, but people I feel are really out there trying to get information. And when you say you're a voyeur of information, it's important that you bring information that's going to help clarify instead of mystify. Because right now, for me, I'm getting that this is a mystery, and um, I don't know if that's going to help. Well, what's the mystery for you? I, I, I have no idea where you're, well, my, where you're at. The, well, the mystery for me is in your communication about this topic. I feel like let's be specific and clear and help get the answers out there that need to be heard. A gentleman asked you, but where did you get the scientific evidence from? Um, let us know. How did, how did you know about all these things? What, be specific well, with us. Paul, Paul, let me, let me interrupt <laughs> for a second because I, I, uh, I like to say this uh, in, in all, uh, you know, honesty, and, and, or at least from my honesty, and that is this, Timeless Voyager Radio has definitely been on the outskirts of science. And, and, and there is an agenda. I have an agenda. And I, I want you to know that, that science definitely has a place in our lives, but science does not rule Timeless Voyager Radio. I understand. And so it's not that I, I don't want to become confrontational with people, but I like to remind listeners and, and, and anyone that, that the purpose of the show has always been to offer something besides science. And a lot of my guests come on the show, and they don't have scientific evidence. There's, it's very hard to show you something fourth-dimensionally when science can't see or, or prove fourth-dimensionality. Well, wait. Yeah, before you go on, this is, my question all. is not about um, okay. if, if science. I don't care about really science. Science okay. is just a way of proving something. I'm saying, um, you know, if, if these things exist, or and, you know, if they do, mm -hmm. what's your evidence? I mean, let us know how you've come about these truths. You know, where have you seen these things? How you know, the evidence that you have, that doesn't mean it's science. It's just okay. that we need to be very clear in our communication. And what I'm saying is I'm getting a, a sense of mysticism instead of a sense of communication about his truths about this. Okay, now let me just... Truth. All right, let me, let me let Alex answer it because I think it's more fair for him. But I will say this before Alex comes on. And, and Paul, I want to thank you for your call. If you get cut off, it's because we're running out of time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. But um, let me just say this, and then Alex, you can continue. Um, if you missed the beginning of the show, let me review that, that Alex has had an ongoing private relationship uh, with uh, two contactees, or two, or he has been a contactee with two beings from the Andromedans, uh, or their Andromedan beings, and that's real hard to prove. <laughs> that's hard to show evidence for, um, and that's that's basically the uh, the basis of tonight, today's show. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, Alex, why don't you continue from that? Okay. Um, is, is the young man still on the phone? Yes, I'm still here. Still okay. There. Paul, right? Yes. Okay. Um, Where do you live, Alex? I live in Colorado. Colorado, okay. I'm in California. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, let, let me address your question this way. Um, there is proof that of their existence, and when I'm told it is time to show it, I will definitely be doing it. Mm -hmm. um, the second is, I've been given information for years about Earth history, things about the past, things about the future, and things about what are politically been going on underground. Mm -hmm. And I literally mean underground. Okay? And I've been talking on the circuit for four years. Mm -hmm. Much of the information, at least 85% of it, has come to pass 
or the reasons the Andromedan said these things happen have come to pass. And, you know, this is probably the first you've heard of this, and I can't expect you to know 31 years' worth of information in 15 or even an hour's worth of radio listening. But I would suggest that you search the web. The information's there. At the moment there's any updates, I put it out there um, because this is, this is about us. And like I told the last, the last person, um, really pay attention to the scientific community. There are things coming out. There is information coming out. There are people from the military who are leaving, starting to tell what they know. There are people in the scientific community starting to come out and tell what they know. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be amazed at how big the lie has been to keep us suppressed as a race. About the information about the... About ETs, about our interaction with them, about our past. Uh You know, what we call mythology is, is actually they're beginning to start to find archaeological proof. Now, folks... I so, have got to stop it. I am awfully sorry. Okay. We're, we're actually out of time. Paul, oh, thank you man. so much for your call. I know we're <laughs> going to have to have a 30-hour show. This is how it gets good, though. You know? All right, this well, Paul, right. Alex, <laughs> we are absolutely out of time. God, Bruce, it went by so fast. I want to thank you. Thank um, you so much. And I want to give you some time to just kind of wrap this thing up. Um, Paul, thanks for the call. Ken, Rick, we, I really appreciate it. Uh, we really do need more time for the show. I, I know that, and we'll see if we can get some advertisers to help kick in some money so we can have more <laughs> out, more time. Um, let's uh, let's see if we can wrap up some of these things because I don't want to just leave people hanging here. Okay, I would just like to add. I would just like to say one thing and um, and share an experience with your listeners. And I may have done this the last time we did it, but um, I want to do it again just in case. And and that is, there there was one night I was living in Lake Arrowhead that um, I, was having, I had a contact, I was being brought back, and I did not want to come back. Um, this was uh, 91, somewhere in 91, and uh, my, I was having a Murphy year. You know, just everything was going wrong for me. And I didn't want to come back, and I was told I had to come back because this was my home. So as I was on the ground, I was crying. And Viseus was in the craft, and it was leaving, it was lifting up off the ground, and I heard him in my head, he said, Alex, turn around. And I turned around, and he looked at me, and he smiled, and he said, Alex, the love that you withhold is the pain that you carry, lifetime after lifetime. And I want to share that with people, because, folks, that changed my life, my entire perspective on who I was and what I was doing. Because, you know, I had to look at every decision I made, and, and, and had a look at it, where was the intention coming from? Was it coming from selfishness? Was it coming from uh, a place of fear? Was it coming from a place of love? And, um, you know, honestly, Bruce, when I look back at all the places where I withheld love, those were the, the most trying times in my life. So I was responsible for it all. I wasn't a victim in any way. Very good point. And I think, I mean, again, and I want to uh, review our callers because I think in each in each case, it wasn't that anyone was, was saying we need to prove or disprove. I think the question was, you know, what does this mean? How are we supposed to deal with it? And I think that's a good way to deal with it. 
the point is that uh, as as Al, uh, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say the Wizard of Oz. I mean, as, as our as our main uh, character found out, it was in the shoes. You know, just click them together. You're you're already home. There's no place to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the and the rest of us are like the uh, wizard. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> or like the Tin Man, or, or the yeah. the cowardly lion. To your listeners that are skeptical. Just devote an hour a week. Become a researcher. Become a detective. And the information is there, and it will make you. You'll just see all the pieces fall into place as to what's going on. Alex, thanks so much. You're welcome, Bruce. Thank you. Uh, have a good week. And Thank for the you. rest of you, hey, this is it, folks. Please tune in next week for another Timeless Voyager Radio. Yeah.